My name is Petrina. I'm a mental health counselor. I'm, I'm very, very passionate about self-development and self-awareness, which is going to be at the core of what we discussed today. My approach usually to situations like this or groups like this is not to just shove information down the throat. So as we go on, I will be sharing information. I would also really appreciate it if this can be as interactive as possible. So we are giving to each other. So I'm also here to learn from you. One of the things that is happening now, as Felice mentioned, is the challenges people are facing because of the COVID outbreak. And there are a lot of things that are happening that are beyond our control as individuals and even as groups of people. And sometimes it can be difficult to see the capabilities we have, even in this restricted period. So the hope is that through this session and the future ones you'll continue to have with Connect, you'll be able to navigate and see that the scope of your control is beyond what you had originally envisioned or imagined it was. So yeah, so today we'll, we'll talk about something a little unconventional. At a time like this, it, it might seem strange that self-awareness would be the topic to discuss, but it's actually key to every endeavor of life. And so I'd like to start by asking what, and, and anyone can answer this question, when you hear the word self-awareness, what does that mean for you? Or what, what's your understanding of self-awareness? Mm, um, for me, I, I would say self-awareness would be knowing who I am, what my limits are, what my capabilities are, what my strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. Thank you. I see Hajar. Okay, so, yeah, so for me, I would also say that self-awareness is appreciating and understanding your potential. That is identifying what you cannot do and what you can do. Thank you very much. Hajar? Yes, so others have mentioned <laughs> one being aware of themselves, knowing who they are, their weakness, their strength, being conscious of yourself, what you can do, what you can't do. Yeah. And can I have one last person? Okay, so someone typed and said self-awareness is knowing when you are at your best. Okay, so currently, I'm assuming, well, let, let me not make that assumption. It might be difficult for us to be at our best, right? We can't go out and meet people. We can't go for meetings. We can't go job searching physically, being able to to find one that's hiring at this point in time, especially because times are uncertain, can be extremely difficult. Before we delve into your capabilities, you know, on a professional front, I'd like to talk about the fact that oftentimes we, when we're thinking about professional development, we tend to downplay the impact our personal lives have on professional, our professional life, our social life, so on and so forth. It's very interesting if you have been in the if you have worked in an office or you've worked with someone before that certain times when we 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 describe people as oh this person is too known or this person is very wicked or wow they're very organized they're very time conscious you know so on and so forth and most of the time we look at this in relation to professional development but our personal experiences right from childhood there's research that says that the first seven years of your life can almost predetermine the way you will interact, the way you conduct yourself for the, the rest of your entire life. Now, that sounds like 
it sounds gloomy. So it's like, am I doomed to to follow a certain pattern just because my my seven years have gone by, or do I have the opportunity or the ability to make certain changes? Which you definitely the answer is yes. However, understanding what influence your early life had will have and has had on your life so far is very very important okay so for instance when you are thinking about self-awareness the examples you guys gave are spot on I, I was half expecting answers like oh it means you believe yourself it means that you know yeah because that those were the, some of the things that we used to hear when we were in school she <laughs> self-aware you know that kind of it was used in a negative connotation but self-awareness is is um is a skill that you build it's something that's very rare and it's quite difficult to do because it means you have to like you guys said you have to know what your limits are you have to know what your capabilities are what your weaknesses are what your strengths are and in in knowing these things you need to be able to sit with yourself and be be very honest with who you are as a person. You have to come to face to face with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that can be something that is extremely difficult to do. So one of the things that I do, I've, I've, I've been in situations and positions where I've interviewed people and I still do, um, especially for my husband's company. One of the questions that I ask candidates is, what is one of your biggest weaknesses, right? Now, imagine being asked a question like that in an interview for a job that you really want. Most of the time, the answers that I get from people are, oh, um, you see, I can't think of anything. No, but every, anywhere where I see that I have a weakness, I try to work hard and then I become strong there. And very, when I say about 1% of the people actually admit what their weaknesses are, I'm not exaggerating because we don't like to know or we don't like to see ourselves as inadequate we don't like to see ourselves as falling short you are not perfect no one on this earth surface is but then sometimes knowing your weaknesses you can even leverage them in the different situations you find yourself so i'll give a scenario that we'll look at and then we will analyze this person and maybe discuss what this person's strengths are what this person's weaknesses are and how they can turn those things around or use that to their advantage. Okay. So let me see, as I was discussing before, the questions that we ask, what, what is your weakness? So right now, pose this question to yourself. What would you say is your biggest weakness? Okay. For some of you, it might be too personal to share, but if there's anyone who, who is comfortable enough to share, if you were to be asked a question like this, would you be able to answer? And if you did, what would your answer be? I will share mine because I think it's, it's only fair. If I'm asking you to step out like this, I should also be comfortable to, to do what I'm asking you to do. I discovered over the years that, and this was something that recently I discovered, I picked from my mom because that's the way I, I saw her, you know, operate. But I didn't realize that I had picked this behavior. But it, it was this strong desire to be right most of the time right to be right and to be liked and so if it meant that i would do things to my own detriment if it meant that i would um i would suffer 
just so that people would like me or if it meant that I would admit I was wrong, you know, just for to be seen in a certain light, I would make decisions like that. Even if it meant undermining myself in a professional setting or a social setting, right? It, the extent to this goes beyond that in terms of me having made. So um, it only took me becoming aware of this to get to a point where it started affecting the friendships and relationships I formed, longer forcing friendships. I found myself in a work setting and I was working with a colleague and I was not comfortable with something. I would voice it out, you know. It, it affected my life in so many ways. But I had to sit with myself. I had to admit that I actually did care too much about what people thought about me. And it was an uncomfortable thing. So I would like to ask if there's anybody who's willing to share something that they are aware of of themselves, a weakness. I, I was told one of my supervisors, don't call it a weakness, call it an opportunity for growth. So if you have anything to write down, write it down. Stop calling these things weaknesses, call them opportunities for growth because those are the areas in which you can do the most growing. Okay, so my opportunity for growth, right? Is that what we're supposed to say? Uh, mine is I I just can't move past anything that's not perfect. Uh-huh. I would wait for 200 years for it to be perfect to bring it out or to submit it or to show it or to say it. Mm-hmm. And the fear of not having that perfection just may makes me live in anxiety, mm. you know. But something great happened where I have a, a, a team of four people who are helping with developing systems and everything structures around connect and they woke me up by saying you're trying to let perfection be the enemy of the good the good can go out there and serve its purpose whilst we work on perfection and so that's something i've been working i didn't know how bad it was until this team told me look we're going to be doing this for another hundred years and we will never get to where you are it's like i will freak out and that's a huge weakness, and it has really impact on a lot of things. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, another thing that I'll talk about is with self-awareness. A lot of the time, we may not realize how who we are affects other people, how we come across other people. So it's a great thing when you have a team that can be honest with you. So thank you for sharing, Phyllis. I saw mm-hmm. Hajar's hand up. Yes, please go ahead, Hajar. So one weakness I identified was when I was in school, my undergrad level, I realized that I'm too lenient. So even when we are in groups, like we are being put in groups for group work, like I end up doing everything, like, because even if someone doesn't do it, I'll just cover it up for them. And at a point I felt it wasn't, good like people were taking advantage of that and mm-hmm. I really had to work on it That's great. and then you said you had to work on it yeah I'm still working on it because I good thought, so. good absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. and Thank so you. if I was to ask you why do you think you were too lenient probably because I empathize with a lot of people like I do empathize a lot so But I think because I was empathizing with people and even in every situation, I turned up covering up for people in group. 
when we are being given group, we are in teams, instead of everybody doing it, when people don't do it, you just cover it up for them and they feel, oh, even if I don't do it the next time, this person will cover it up for me. And I thought, and I also felt, it wasn't like I just thought, I felt it was affecting me emotionally because at the end of the day, I'll end up doing everything and I'll be hurt, you know. Mm. So I felt it was something that wasn't really good for me. I had to work on it. If not, in the future, it will really affect me. Yeah, because I really felt emotionally like it was affecting me. Yeah, I could cry, you know, like especially if you have a deadline to meet and all your group members, they've left everything on you and you have to do it because they know, well, even if I don't do it, this person will end up coming up for me. So you have to do everything when you are done and you sit there, you cry for all the time by yourself, you know, yeah. So it was something I realized and I really have to work on it because I don't think I'm done working on that. No, most of the time, that's what life is. We we just graduate to a higher level of navigating issues, you know. It's like building muscle. Today, you're able to lift, let's say, 50 pounds. Tomorrow, you're able to lift 52. As time goes on, you know, that, yeah. that's basically what it is. There's no point of, if, if you take out of your mind that there's a point of arrival where I'll get there and I've fixed this issue, um, it can also cause anxiety because that doesn't happen right? We just learn how to navigate situations better. That's what happens. What I would suggest to you is that you're saying that you believe that empathy is behind what um, the decisions you are making, but I will challenge you. I'll give you some steps that I'll be sharing with you guys. Um, challenge you to, to do some more exploring because um, empathy is not, is, 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 is not what it is that was driving you, right? The reason why I'm saying this okay. is to work on it, it means you have to stop being empathic and empathy is not a negative thing right yeah and so there's there's usually something else that that about ourselves it, it's whatever it is is driven by something in you something about yourself in as much as you're thinking about another person and mm -hmm. so it's only time and self-reflection that would lead you to the answer that you're looking for once you figure that out it'll be easier to figure out how to navigate situations like that. Okay. Sure. Thank you. Thank you too for sharing. Ad Adam Mustafa. Adam. Okay, thank you very much. So I think my problem is I just can't say no to like everything. I I hardly say no. I think it's something I inherited from my dad. I just don't want to see people like very sad. So I'll end up losing myself for people but not even finding myself. So anything I'll get my friends going, I'm in. But I just didn't mm. get that back in return. And it's like, if you say you need this, I'll do it for you. I just can't say no. I just want to make sure you are okay. And I always make sure people are okay, but I'm not okay myself. I just don't know why, but I think it's something that always gets me very low. Where it's like you end up giving everything out and you are empty and you just even can't find your feet anywhere. I think that's where I find myself, yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. That's... um. Not it's not something to, to have to admit about ourselves. Um, so usually, what fuels in 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 my experience and in my practice, usually what fuels situations like that is a need to be accepted for whatever reason. Okay, 
and so it's a it's I'm glad that you said you 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 think you got it from your dad because you have seen these patterns with um with, with your dad you've seen him behave in a similar manner um but usually behind that is is something that says I want to be accepted on some level right so um is there anyone who who wants to share before I continue Francis I'd like to share this area of improvement of mine um I love to take on many projects. I love my work very much. Mm-hmm. But along the line, when the project gets overwhelmed, I tend to, you know, walk away and drop most of them along the lines. They don't get completed. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's looking when you get started working. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last part. I said it's a, a weakness I just noticed when I just started working as a full-time. Okay. That I love to take on a lot of projects because I love what I do. But... Mm-hmm. When it gets overwhelmed with the project timelines and you know the difficulty of the project, I tend to drop most of them. So I probably I take on five projects, but I only get two completed out of three or three out of five, probably. Thank you for sharing that. When, when, oftentimes too, what happens is when people abandon projects, there is this fear of fear of failure. So I'd rather abandon it than try for it to fail. And this, this is one of the many reasons. I'm not saying that this is your reason, but um, that's something that I have found with some of my clients. Okay. So thank you so much for sharing that, Francis. Um, and continuing, so basically with self-awareness, the, the benefits of, of being aware of who you are, of what your strengths are, what your opportunities for growth are, are it helps you to be proactive, right? So let me just go off um, the example Francis just gave. He's aware that he likes to take on many projects, right? He, I may not even have to use my examples because I can work with what you guys have um, given. He's aware he likes to take up a lot of projects, but then when he starts to get overwhelmed, he drops some of them and he's unable to complete them. So when, when you're a proactive person or when you do something proactively, it means before it happens, you've thought about it and you've created... Um, You've created structures or plans or put plans in place to, to deal with the situation. So for instance, um, this whole COVID thing, we hadn't, as a nation, we hadn't seen crazy large numbers, but because we have seen that that's the tendency, the tendency is for the numbers to grow exponentially around the world, our president was proactive in you know initiating a lockdown so that's what proactive means it means going ahead of the situation before it happens to put measures in place so someone like francis for instance um realizing that this is the kind of situation he finds himself in can learn to be proactive so when he's taking up projects it's okay i've I've taken this project then another one comes in and it's oh this is an amazing idea let me do it proactive is by the time the third idea comes in or third project comes in he can say you know what um these other two projects are time consuming so why don't you either we i don't know what your structure is like but why don't we put this on hold or why don't you talk to um abc in the team and let them handle it so that's him being proactive making decisions ahead of time okay rather than repeating the cycle and then it's oh how do i navigate this thing i have five projects i can't let this thing happen again but making the decision ahead of time that's a very good example of being proactive um 
Kajara talked about being extremely lenient with people when she when she's in group projects with them. And so being proactive could be if you are allowed to choose your group members, for instance, um, working with people you know who are serious. Another way is to let your group members know ahead of time that if you don't pull your weight, I'm not dragging you along with me. I'm not um, covering up for you. It's, I don't know what, I can't think of any other ideas right now at the top of my head, but getting ahead of the situation and not waiting for it to happen again and trying to figure out what to do once you're in it. So that's, that's one of the advantages about being self-aware. Another example would be self-control. So learning how to control yourself, learning how to, if you are someone who is short tempered, you get irritated easily, you get angry easily. And um, let's just say that there's a deadline for a project approaching. Everyone is on edge. Everyone is tense. What are some of the things that you can do to manage your anxiety and to manage your stress? So it may not happen in, in the setting of your workplace. It could be when I leave work, what can I do at home to de-stress? What can I do to calm myself down? What can I do to avoid any other stressors? So sometimes these, these interventions that you put in place are not directly linked to where the, the source of your stress is coming from. So you could say, I'll spend less time watching TV when I get home and get more sleep because we are under a lot of pressure at work. I'll make sure that I eat lunch because I get even angrier when I'm, I'm working on an empty stomach. So those are, are ways to, to, to control yourself. Sometimes in certain situations, some of us find it very difficult to receive constructive criticism. As we're sitting down and someone is telling us, you know, what they think about us and it's not a positive thing, we start to feel very defensive. If you are this kind of person, self-control is as you're listening to this criticism, what are you saying to yourself? Okay, let me take what I can. Let me do the best I can with it. Um, rather than saying things to yourself like, oh, they don't like me. They think they know better than me. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them to finish talking. When they're done, I know what I'm going to say to them. So self-control is another benefit of um, self-awareness. Better decision-making. So most of the examples I've given have shown how you can make better decisions when you know who you are, when you know what your strengths and your opportunities for growth are. And self-confidence, right? Because you know that when you say you are going to do something, you can do it. You know when you say you're going to help someone, you have something to offer. So basically, how do you... Let me ask you guys this. How, how do you think you can become more self-aware? Um, yes. So for me, I think how I try to become more self-aware is to be deliberate about it. I take time like every morning before I put my feet on the ground. I ask myself, you know, what are the things I need to work on today? not pointing to the other person because that's out of my control. What anybody else does, I cannot control. But what can I control today? And then I put it down on paper. I track it throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, when I lay down, I ask myself, how did I do? So I'm accountable to myself. And sometimes it hurts because you have to beat yourself, but it helps to build up that growth journey. 
and sometimes it's embarrassing, you know, to know that you failed, but it's okay. And then I pick it up the next day. So another thing, we fail language is not encouraged in, in this space, if you use the word, yes. space, right? because um, it, it was a lesson learned, honestly. Lesson. The reason why is because if, if you are overseeing someone else who's going to approach it in a similar way, now you know to tell them this won't work because of this, 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 right? So it's a lesson and not a failure. Thank you. Sure. A lesson. So opportunity for growth <laughs> instead of weakness and then a lesson learned instead of failure, right? Okay. Because it helps us, such language helps us to even approach the, those, those um, situations differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for this. Adam. Okay. Thank you very much. So to me, what I do is I like to ask questions like on every project or on any assignment, I ask myself or colleague, um, did I do well? How was it? Uh, am I doing good? If it's any form of relationship, I do ask like on a regular basis. I ask, do you like my attitude? Do you think I'm behaving okay? Is everything on point? If no, what can I do to um, make things better? So I just, that's what I do. Basically, I do ask people what they see my action to be. Was it okay? Is it a place where I want to And yeah. can it be right on there? Yes, very good. That is, um, asking for feedback is one of the best ways to, to, to become more self-aware. How do other people experience you? That's a great way to, um, to get to know yourself some more. Now, when you do that, remember, it's important not to just ask one person because that person's information may be skewed or they may experience you differently. So I would say that if you want to explore, ask a minimum of five people that you know in different settings. So a friend, a family member, a colleague, um, and then to any two other people and see if there's anything that they, they say in common about you usually that's the way you present or that's the way you come across to other people as opposed to getting that feedback from just one person. So yes, asking for feedback is one good way to become more self-aware. All right. Thank you. Thank you too, Adam. Any other examples of how you can be more self-aware? So for me, I'm on this journey. I think it's still a journey, the self-awareness journey. What I do is a lot of self-reflection, writing things down in the process, what I'm doing, because um, I've put down things that I want to work on and get to. So it's a lot of self-reflection. You know, how did I go today? Can I do better? Um, what am I looking? What am I looking forward to achieve? You know, so I'm going through that process of self-reflection all the time to be able to really reach the best stage or the best best version of myself. When and where do you do this? So most often um, is at the end of the day and then in situations. It's not everything that I, it's not something that I do every day, but I take my time to analyze situations and see whether I'm still in track and exactly what I set myself out to do. And then sometimes when I'm just taking a look at myself in terms of activities, I just look at the end of the day. Okay, you know, this happened. This is how I see it. This is what I think I should work on. 
and then this is how I think it should be in tune with with what I want to achieve and so I just keep working on because really understanding who you are is a, is a is a long big journey you know so I'm still in that process of doing that self reflection all the time thank you so much for sharing it benedica um hajari how was up for me um i also engage in self reflection and um aside the self reflection i also do use um some apps that will help me discover myself and sometimes i use uh, my strength finder i got to okay yeah so sometimes i do use that one to, to identify things i know i'm good at and things that i feel they are my limitations or my um, opportunity for growth yeah nice. <laughs> yeah so yes yes so that's what i do to um discover myself um so yeah these are all great examples um reflection time so phyllis um talked about this it's very important that when you are engaging in um self reflection you need to have a specific time um it doesn't have to be the same time usually it's best if it's best if that's the case so she uses first thing in the morning when there's some quiet when there's some silence before she delves into like you know the whole work family life situation um you need time away that will be um uninterrupted by anyone that is quiet that allows you to sit with yourself so that's one of the great ways to start self reflection there is something called mindfulness um so basically the way mindfulness works is you bring your attention to whatever it is you're thinking and what you're feeling so let's just say that you are thinking about um going into work and you are thinking um about um a meeting you're supposed to have and as you're thinking about it it's about something that happened the previous day you start to feel upset and anxious sitting with yourself and asking yourself what am i feeling right now i'm feeling anxiety why do i feel anxious i feel anxious because i i think they're going to blame me for this situation is it my fault could i have done something better could i have done things better or could i have done things differently so questioning yourself from an objective as as objective as possible standpoint is a very very important one and journaling is also another big one writing down um as um benedicta also shared write down things write down your thoughts write down your experiences write down your reactions to different situations it may seem like oh i'm too old to be keeping a a journal or a diary that's for younger people but the most self aware people the most successful people journal they write things down and um it's not oh dear diary guess what happened today type of situation right but then they write down today i had an exchange or a discussion with with my colleague and i realized i wasn't happy to hear that i'm not very reliable so this makes me question am i really unreliable i don't think of myself so you have that honest open discussion with yourself in your journal and as time goes on when you go back and read it it says as a very informative um snapshot of who you are you'll find that i picked journals from 5 6 7 years ago and i realized that the things i write about now are things i was struggling with back then things that i'm now beginning to figure out are things i was struggling with back then 
So your journals will, will also be a great snapshot of who you are. And then also listening to feedback that we, we discussed already. In, in a time like this too, self-awareness, especially at this time, um, some people are, allowed to, are able to work from home, others are not. Some have a lot more time on their hands, others don't. Regardless of what it is, carve out some time for you, the individual. Invest in yourself. Invest some time in yourself. Ask yourself, what am I doing in this season? What's going on with me? Um, when you wake up in the morning, are you, yes, it's great to go on social media. It's great to watch all the TikTok videos and stuff. They serve as great stress relief. But you also have to ask yourself, am I wasting away time? Am I distracting myself from um, maybe feeling stressed or anxious about this particular situation that we're in? Am I worried about my job security? Am I worried about financial constraints, which is a legitimate concern at a time like this? And if you are genuinely asking yourself, what can I do about it? Or asking yourself, what can I do as an individual in this point in time to improve upon myself? So some of you may not be working. Between now and the time that lockdown is over, while you're looking for jobs, what can you do to improve upon yourself? Because these are things that can also help reduce the anxiety that you feel. Rather than sitting down and then feeling anxious about, oh my gosh, I don't have a job, I can't get work. That is a fact. That is what's happening at the moment. But what can you do personally on, your, on an individual level to improve upon yourself? Let me give you an example of self-awareness. And don't laugh at me. But this, when the lockdown happened, I was like, oh, yes, now I'm going to exercise. I'm going to set daily goals of how many this I'll do, how many that I'll do, I'll be, I was picturing myself in my workout clothes. I even bought workout Now, before I did, so the thing is that I knew very well going into it that I wasn't going to be able to, to, to stick to that plan because when I'm exercising, I usually need other people doing it with me, physically present with me, and that's where I get my encouragement from, Okay. And so I had to be honest with myself about that. And now I've come to accept it for what it is. Another part of being self-aware is when I set large goals, it's hard for me to achieve them. But what I do is that when I set small goals towards a larger goal, I'm able to achieve my goals easier than when I try to do the big thing at once. So if I say I'm going to write a 10-page article at once, it can be very difficult. But when I tell myself I write half a page a day, I find myself being more um, proactive. I find myself being more productive in situations like that. What I will say um, to you guys is I would like to know, actually, right now, if anyone would like to share um, a situation in which you've been self-aware and um, what you did to remedy that particular situation. I don't know if, if based on the example that I gave, where you realize that, okay, this is me, maybe this is what I struggle with, or this is what I'm good at. So how do I leverage this, um, especially at a time like this? Is there anyone who has? Sylvia, everyone, um, um, something that everybody who knows me really well knows about me, that 
when it comes to organizing and planning early, I suck at it. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that, you know, <laughs> I know. And it's something I try, I try to work on. But surprisingly, it's helped me deal with my kids in this lockdown. So a lot of parents are going on about having to help kids with assignments and, you know, keeping them on track with schoolwork and all of that. And because it's, I mean, I'm not a really organized and scheduled person. I do have a schedule for my kids, right? But my schedule basically just says breakfast, learn, snack, learn, lunch, day, you know? (laughs) There's, the land doesn't have Monday, math or English, you know, it doesn't have anything. Yeah. And so what I do is usually when it's learn time, I ask my kids, what do you want to do? And they tell me what they want to do. And I let them do it. And because it's something they want to do, they're excited about it. And they actually do it. And they're, you know, they get engrossed in it. And I have my time to myself. And I'm able to work and do other things that I'm supposed to do. And I share this with a couple of other people, and it seems to work for them when, you know, they allow their kids to drive their learning and their engagement. Because luckily for me, I don't have a very strict timetable from the school. And so that was a weakness that um, I know I have. I mean, it's not a weakness, okay. it's an opportunity for growth <laughs> that I know I have. But then, I mean, I'm just sharing it so we all understand that as much as we always see the negative side of some of these things, in certain situations, they do help us. And for me, with my kids, it's working. But then with work that has deadlines, then it's suffering because of everything that's going on and all the distractions that come with it. So, yeah, there's always, you know, the negative and positive side to everything. Mm, Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Is there anyone here, like you can just raise your hand, you don't have to speak. Is there anyone here who who thinks they're good at writing? <laughs> Sylvia. Anyone else besides Sylvia? Okay, Adam as well. All right, thank you very much. So mine is, I would say in a bit, is procrastination. When I want to do something, I'll start very fresh, I'll put on my point, I know I'm, I'm supposed to get this, but halfway, I'll just be feel, I'll just be feeling sluggish. And I know, yes, I know I can do it. So I'll wait to the latter part and I'll be like, okay, let me just go, I'll do it. And mostly some of the time it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. It's like I'll prepare, but I'm not adequate enough to sustain me. And prior to that time, I have to rush into things to get things done. So I think that is what, uh, that's my uh, opportunity for growth. But what I realize is that Sometimes when I prepare adequately and like I go through it very well, skimming through everything, I just go and like I'm very, very okay. I didn't need to panic, I didn't need to fear or anything. But when I begin, I start sliding, like, no, this is me, I can do it. So why not wait and then you just do it? But it never gets to happen that way. Hmm. Let's let me see by show of hands who here is a procrastinator. Let me raise my hand too, so that because. Come on, you guys, be honest, because where, where are we? Procrastinators Association. There you are. Uh-huh. <laughs> Association. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, the rest of you are waiting to do it later, which is a true procrastinator. Yeah, and then we get that adrenaline rush at the end, and then we're able to, like, get things done. And there's some of you here who might even say, well, it's working for me because then I put my last and um, 
So the thing about procrastination, which is a very, very common um, challenge that some of us face and opportunity for growth that um, we have is that the anxiety that it causes, Adam said it, he hit the nail on the head. Why does that have to be your, your MO where anxiety at the end is what's driving you? And so sometimes if it's an exam, you don't sleep for two nights in a row. When this is information that you could have like, um, what's the word? You could have divided into chunks and spread over a certain period of time. If you are a procrastinator, it's good to be aware. And I'm glad that you guys exhibited self-awareness in, in this aspect, right? And also, you could also be in a space where, you know what? I'm not ready to make that change. It's working for me now. The only thing that I will say to you is that when it gets to the point where this is starting to interfere with the quality of your life, this is starting to be um, detrimental to, 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 to your health and to your professional life, that's when you need to start doing something about it. Don't stick to a behavior that has worked for you in the past and is no longer working. It, that's very important. Now, in this, in this um, let me just bring this into this COVID time that we're in, like I was sharing before. What are the strengths that you need to improve on? Some of us here on our CVs have things like Microsoft Word proficient, Microsoft Excel proficient, Microsoft Office proficient. However, I'm pretty sure if I were to test some of you, using the word proficient means you're very good at it, but to test some of you on certain things in these um, in, in, in these software, uh, a lot of people struggle, right? So if you are that kind of person in a situation like this during COVID, and if you have time, um, what can you do with it? What can you do to improve in, 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 in this current situation? So you can spend time exploring um, these, these apps. You can spend time getting to know more about them. There are lots of free tutorials online that you can go through so that next time when you're putting microsoft office proficient you know what you're talking about if you're not proficient then you can say um adequate or moderate or whatever it is one last um thing i will put in there before i, I ask open it up for any questions is that when it comes to self-awareness you also have to know the part that your past plays in the decisions that you're making now and in the things that you're going through, right? So um, I have a client who recently was having anxiety issues. And then she talks about how she, she, she was talking about how um, her dad died some time back. Her uncle also died and it, they were both sudden and it was very traumatic for her. It was very traumatic for her family. And she said, I don't know why I keep, I mean, I've been fine. I've worked through it, but I don't know why all of a sudden now at a time like this, it's bothering me so much. It's hard for me to focus on work because she works from home. And all I'm thinking about is their death and I'm sad and I'm depressed and I'm anxious. And so one thing that I drew her attention to was the fact that this, this season is a season of news about death or the potential of death in situations like this, right? But it, it would have to take her having been self-aware of this to realize why the death of her father and the death of her, her uncle had come back up for her. And in as much as it didn't seem to, it has nothing to do with her capabilities at work. 
it's spilling over. So I will always say, do not downplay the importance of your personal life and how that affects your professional life. Sylvia gave a great example of her, her, her kids and how she, she had a structure. She did create a structure, but the learn was unstructured and she created a structure by letting them drive, right? And this is a great way she can even pick an example from the personal, apply it to the professional. So if she's dealing with a group of people and there's a common goal to achieve, um, one of the best ways to handle that would be to let them drive how they'll go up about achieving that goal instead of spoon feeding them or instead of saying you have to do it this way don't downplay the importance of your past or your personal on the now and on your professional life sometimes the way you react to certain people at work can be due to past trauma you've experienced by someone similar be aware of this go through those things things that you have been through in your past spend some time these days every day give yourself about so you can start with 10 minutes and then increase it as time goes remember small goals 10 minutes sit with yourself dig deep and usually growth comes from the uncomfortable the parts that we don't want to deal with the parts that we don't want to accept are you an unreasonable leader are you an unreasonable colleague why are you are you lazy you have to be honest with yourself about that yes i'm lazy i just realized that i am a lazy person what can I do? Because I don't like to think of myself as, if you like to think of yourself as lazy, then that's fine. That's a level of self-awareness too. But if you don't, and you've been called lazy and you don't feel like you are, but then when you assess different situations, you realize that you don't complete tasks properly. You leave things unfinished, little, little things unfinished. Okay. I'm a lazy person. How do I get rid of laziness or how do I work through laziness? And the internet is not just to Google who is the highest paid actor, who is the, the most beautiful woman in the world. Those are interesting, but you can also, Google has everything, how to stop being lazy. Literally, you see articles and guides that people give you how to stop being, how to stop being a procrastinator, how to stop wasting time on social media, things like that. You'll find great resources online. Katrina, you have any closing words? I think that's it, right? Yes, I just thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I think you guys are doing an amazing thing. And my hope is that participants here will also, in the future, do things like this for the younger generation. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you for making the time. We will plan to have you back again soon, 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 soon. And anyone that needs one-on-one -on -one with Katrina, let me know. And we can reach out to her and arrange that. Thank you so much, Katrina. Thank you. Have a good night, you guys. Thank you. And everyone, thank you so much for making it. I am so excited. We had about 30 people. Um, connections are bad. We have 25 now. I'm very grateful. Um, I didn't think this would work. I was so nervous. I was messaging everyone <laughs> that this wasn't going to work. Sylvia, Benedicta, Stanley, everyone. Thank you for encouraging me. Um, I mean, all of you here. Thank you. Um, we're going to see if we would want to do this again next week. Um, I don't know, but send me your feedback. Let me know if you want to go back to the Telegram or you want us to do this this way again. Um, 
let me know. Um, we're here to improve upon this experience and to make it worth our while. Good night. Thank you. Bye. 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 Good night.